Hey friend, are you swamped with scheduling, bogged down by bookings, or overwhelmed with managing your social media? This message is for you. I would love to introduce you to my secret weapon, StyleSmart VA. This is a company of virtual assistants literally designed by hairstylists for hairstylists. I found them through an interview right here on the podcast, and then shortly after found myself booking a discovery call because I was drowning in administrative tasks and needed help. It's been a few months now, and I can't tell you how much my VA has changed my life. No joke, friends. I am such a believer in StyleSmart VA that I decided to bring them in as an episode sponsor here on the show. Listen, as creatives, our focus should be on the clients and our craft. And now that I have my virtual assistant, I can devote more of my time to exactly that. The beauty of hiring a VA through StyleSmart is that they come to you already trained and able to seamlessly step into your business. From managing appointments and client communications to handling your social media presence, StyleSmart virtual assistants free you up to concentrate on your clients. And that's a change your clients will notice and appreciate. I mean, can we say elevating your perceived value? So when you're ready to level up in your business and take some weight off your shoulders, head on over to StyleSmartVA.com and book a free discovery call today. You'll also find the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. StyleSmart VA, empowering beauty professionals to focus on what they do best. Well, hey there, friend, and welcome back to the Your Hair Mentor podcast, where I am your host and your hair mentor, Crystal Green. And in this week's podcast episode, I interview someone a little different. Um, That's not true. She's a hairstylist, just like anyone else, but she's doing things a little differently in her business. And she caught my attention on social media. Now, I know there's been a lot of buzz from uh, people like Destroy the Hairdresser, right? Where they're talking about healthcare and they're talking about salons operating a little differently. And this guest today, Rachel, runs her salon slightly different than the norm. And I loved having her on here to talk about how she does that because I think it's really fascinating. So many of us have just grown so accustomed to... The business of like you either booth rent or you work commission for someone and that's just the way it is and she has a salaried salon and so her employees get the same kind of benefits and um i guess benefits is the right word as other people in other companies do right like one of the things we usually talk about as hairdressers is like the downfall of being a hairdresser is that you don't get paid time off and you don't get sick days and vacation time all that good stuff right well she's changing the way that she runs this business and making it a little more uh, stereotypical in that sense. And so I just really think it's fascinating to break that down with her, um, to understand where she's coming from, why she's doing it, and how she's doing it. So as I introduce you to my friend Rachel here on the podcast, I want you to just kind of keep an open mind and open ears and enjoy this conversation. I'll see you on the other side. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on to the Your Hair Mentor podcast. I'm excited to have you here today because you piqued my interest about something that I feel like needs a little more talking about in our industry. Um, Tell me if I'm wrong, but I saw a post that you made that was about, um, oh shoot, am I muted? No, I'm not muted. (laughs) 
the things we do. Tell me um, about a post that you were talking about. Um, I think it was salaried employees in your salon. Is that correct? Now I've mm-hmm. heard of commission-based salons. I've heard of, you know, paid by the hour employees, but this was something totally different. So would you give us a favor, give us a little introduction of who you are, what you got going on, and then we'll dive into your business structure. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Rachel Beachboard, and I have been a hairdresser for 15 years. Um, I am also a Joyco educator. So I'm a master artist with Joyco, and I think I've been with them now for, gosh, 10 years. And then I have also been a salon owner for almost nine years. Um, I'm located right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. So you started the industry and then like five years later became a salon owner. Is that correct? So when I first started, I did a year's apprentice program at a Redken Summit Salon. Um, Right after that, I pretty much went into um, straight booth rental and commission. So I booth rented so many days in Cookville, which is my hometown. That's where I'm originally from. And then so many days out of the week, I also worked at a day spa closer to Nashville. So I was working like six to seven days out of the week. You know, I've heard that story time and again of, um, especially new to the industry folks, they like kind of dabble in a little bit of everything or like, I bet you your commission job was like a little more, maybe stable. You were guaranteed a little more income while you were working your booth rental job. Right. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So we'd like find places to try to keep our income going. So at what point did you give up the commission job? Um, Honestly, I gave up the booth rental a lot quicker than I did the commission. Um, I really got tired of going back and forth to Cookville. And the day spa that I was at, I was doing nails in. So when they got the hair side opened up for a stylist. Then I started working so many days on the nail for the spa side and then started booth renting a suite from them. Um, And I probably did that within a year of like doing the whole booth rental back and forth commission and all of that with them. Okay. So I've been a stylist for like 22 years now, and I've never been a salon owner. I've always been an independent stylist. Um, I kind of started as an employee and then came into the booth rental scene and then eventually a suite ownership. So I don't know the feeling that we get when it's like time to be an owner. And so I'm curious, like in your journey, then when you, you got to the point where you're booth renting and commission in one place, what made you want to open your own salon? So I stayed with that day spa and did the whole nails for a couple of days and then hair in the suite the rest of the week. I probably stayed there for a good couple of years. And then um, it just, the leadership there really started going downhill. So I set out on a mission to find another salon and I kind of floated back and forth between a different salon before I found like the salon that I stayed at a couple of years before I actually opened. Um, and for me, it was all about the leadership and mentorship. Um If you want me to get real and raw, what done it for me was I was tired of being talked down to. Um, I had a salon owner that, so I was booth renting, but she was cutting me a commission check 
my last place before I went in to open my own salon. And I was helping out with a little bit of everything, the nail side, doing hair, helping run the front desk. And there came a point where I I don't know what exactly happened, but it was just like she snapped one day and just started being like really mean towards me and telling me that I was the fat elephant in the room. Um, I was too fat to be successful. I would never stand on a stage for Joyco. Um, There was one time she like grabbed me by my shirt and my apron and pulled me into her face and started yelling at me because I asked her a question. So I powered through that for about the next six to eight months. And she decided that we needed to move into a new building and she wanted me to take over the nails and teach the other stylist all about nails. I was fine with that because she was giving me like so much commission off of that because I was paying for all of the equipment. And then she sets me down about two months in and is like, so I'm going to take your commission away. And I was like, okay, then you can buy all my equipment and you can train them. I'm not doing that if I'm not getting anything from it. And it just kind of got my wheels turning of like, I've been talked down so much to, and now you had me go buy all this equipment. You want me to train everybody. So that tells me I've got talent and skill. And now you're getting intimidated and you want to take it away. So I went out to my car that night and I literally had a mental breakdown. Like I called my husband, bawling my eyes out. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I am done. I will not work for anybody else. There has to be a change in this industry where people can live and work and thrive and have a fabulous career, make great money, but love what they do and love the people that they do it with and have a leader that's actually uplifting. I was done. So I quit and there was, of course, a lot of drama with that, but um, I stuck it out and I just told my husband, I said, I've already found a building. Um, This is what I'm doing. And he just was like, okay, let's do it. I said, I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Wow. So that's crazy, by the way. Like, let's just start with that. Um, How traumatic. I mean, yeah, very. Another salon owner that I had worked for, like, she was an alcoholic and her and her husband would fight all the time. It was just, yeah, I just, I got so sick and tired of, of having bad leadership, bad mentorship. Yeah. You know, I grew up, I grew up in our family owned businesses and my grandfather and my grandmother always instilled in me, if you take care of your people, your people will take care of your customers. So not having that, I was like, okay, like what is happening? <laughs> like, is this the industry norm or what? I was like, no, we're not going to let it be. That's crazy. So I, I kind of found out on my own very early on that if you take care of your customers, they'll take care of you, right? Like that yeah, dynamic right. of like being yes. a leader in my own chair for my yep. salon customers. Um, I would say I never really had great leaders either, but stepping away from a commission situation and like running a booth rental, I always kind of had my own freedom to do what I wanted. And so I never experienced that, but your story, I mean, as wild as that is, is not unique. I mean, it's unique to you, obviously, but I've heard so many stories like this of just like really, um, insecure, uneducated, stressed out leaders that don't know what they're doing. They're grasping at straws because obviously we're not taught business stuff, right? In beauty school. Um, so then you, you were in like fight or flight mode. It sounds like, Mm -hmm. right. Okay. Very much so. 
flight was the option. <laughs> yeah. Peace out. Uh, so you started your own salon and now, um, how big was the salon that you opened? My first salon was literally 1200 square foot in a little stone cottage. Like it was little, um, there was three of us and that four by the time I hired, uh, an assistant who is still with me to this day, but yeah, 1200 square feet. It was Titani. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so you came into the situation knowing that the leadership that you'd experienced was wrong. Um, and you, it sounds like you have some, some good roots and like mentorship with family, you know, leading their own businesses, but it's not a salon business. Right. How did you figure out how to be a better leader with your team? Honestly, it starts with yourself. And um, I actually found a personal development company that is specific to our industry. And through working with Kimberly, the owner, um, I have done almost nine years worth of personal development and really digging through the root traumas and, you know, why we hold ourselves back and just how we can be that better leader. You know, it's not just about do as I say, not as I do, but it's about living that and really showing that path. So I, first and foremost, it's work on yourself. 100%. What's the name of the business that Kimberly runs? It's called the SSI agency. Never even heard of them. Isn't that wild? There are so many cool things in our industry and like all these little fingers that yes. like you'd think you'd heard of by now. That's yes. interesting. Yeah, she's um, phenomenal. Um, and it, if you are on my Instagram, there's um, a couple posts and stuff with her where I just did a, a personal development journey with her this month. So did you find them through like, you mentioned you were a Joyco educator at the time. Did you find them through Joyco or like, how do you even, did you just Google it? It just popped up on my uh, Facebook and I just was like, hmm, I got to check this out. Facebook is so creepy, but sometimes it's so useful, you know? Yes. <laughs> and really and truly, like I was trying to find like um, like a business structure that I knew that I wanted. I knew I didn't want commission and I started out commission, but I was like, this just isn't working for me. This is not what I want. And I think just Facebook threw that in front of me and for whatever reason, it was just meant to be. Okay, so now explain to us what your structure looks like as a salon owner now. Like, tell me what your team looks like and all that stuff. Yeah, well, my team looks completely different because when I converted, I fired everybody but one person. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I just, I'm just being real and honest. Like, I just, I wanted a type of structure that, that just, you could more control like the behaviors and the character of people, not just reward them just whenever they wanted to do a good week or whenever they wanted to have a crappy week. Like I really wanted something that we cared more about the person and the human than we did necessarily the numbers. Um, so I came across team-based pay. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. Okay. So it's basically an hourly structure, but when you're looking at, we take like a certain percentage of our total sales. So service, retail memberships, all of that. And we dedicate a very specific percentage to just our service providers. So if I'm sitting down with you and I'm getting ready to hire someone on, I know the exact salary that I can offer you. And then we just honor that, you know, even if it's slow or they don't have someone in their chair, they're still getting paid for that that salary that we promised. That's amazing because I feel yeah. like so much of the time salon owners want to pay hourly. They're like, I want to have employees and pay hourly, but 
it's not like you're going to pay someone $75 an hour usually to be an employee because a lot of things come with that. So then people don't stay. They end up leaving because they're not making enough money. But the security and stability part is really interesting to me because that's what a lot of us creatives want, right? Right. Yeah. So my team, there is seven of us now. Um, I just hired another co-artist that I'm training. Um, We have an internal training program. No matter what position you're in, you're trained through us. You know like exactly what your responsibilities are. We also do a lot of personal development with them. Um, We bring Kimberly in at least once a year. We do other things with her. And then we also just live by our core values. Um, And that's just, that's a collective team. This is the way we operate. This is how we hold each other accountable. Um, I believe that everybody's a leader in our company. And I know that to be true because my girls are fantastic. I don't know what I would do without them, honestly. Um, But we only work 32 hours out of the week. We work literally a three and a half day work schedule and they freaking love it. They have some paid benefits, paid vacation. Um, They I pay all of their education, whatever they want to go do. And it's just nice to have that work life balance. And then the other thing that we do is we really focus on not making them like super crazy busy with their schedule. So if they have 10 hours for sale, we don't sell over eight to eight and a half. And that's with a scheduled lunch break. So that way they've got some breaks throughout their day and they don't feel like they're crazy busy slammed. That's fantastic. I mean, you just said benefits and time off. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Right? right. Holy cow. Um, Do you provide healthcare benefits for them too? We don't currently. So I'll leave it up to them what benefits they want to see. And then, you know, we just, we vote on it and we work it into the cash flow. Um, All of them either have a spouse or already have health insurance. So for them, it wasn't a first priority. For them, it was paid vacation. So that's what we did. That's amazing. That doesn't mean down the road that we won't do that because I mean, that's, I would love to do that for them. Um, But ultimately it's up to them what they want to see as benefits. Have you seen, do you follow um, Destroy the Hairdresser or do you know who they are? Mm -hmm. Okay. Have you seen their recent posts about healthcare that they're making? I'm like, this is amazing. I don't, I want to know more about it. I actually should. Yeah. I haven't dug into it yet. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. But it sounds like something that like as an independent stylist, you can tap into. I think you usually have to be like associated with a company and all these kind of things right. in order to get like group health care. So this right. is really cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said that you have a bunch of leaders on your team right now. Are you ever scared that they're just going to leave and go do their own thing? No. If they do, they do. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it. Like it's, that's their choice. Um, But I can tell you that like, I'm super picky about who we bring on the team. Like I'm not just the one doing the interviews, but they're the ones doing the interviews as well. Um, So it, our interview process does take a while because we, I can't make you a good person. I can teach you how to do hair and and sharpen your skill set, but I can't teach you to be a good person, you know? So, you know, at the end of the day, have we had people leave? Sure, of course, because we may not always be in alignment. And I don't want to keep someone that's on the team that's not in alignment. If they feel that they're better served somewhere else, then good for them, right? Yeah. But you, you can't definitely... live in fear. No, you can't. And I feel like just listening to you speak, I can tell that you've done a bunch of work, a bunch of inner work, um, because it sounds like you don't wrap up your worth in your business, right? It's nope. like a tool that serves you in your life as it should be. That's great. Exactly. Um, Do you have... I always tell people like, 
this is me and I know what I bring to the table. And if you don't want to sit at the table, that's okay. And if you don't want to operate by our set of standards, that's okay too. But there's the door. Like, please go find somewhere else that's better serving for you. It's so true. I mean, it's like you talk to toddlers that way, you know, I don't know if you have young kids, but I have, okay, I have young kids and my son in particular is like this little wildling and like, you know, we sit at the dinner table and I'm a stickler for manners at the table. And if he's doing non-manners things, I'm like, hey, listen, these are the expectations to be invited to the table. You can go do those things, but you will have to leave the table. Right. right. And then he's 100%. like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to choose to stay here. Like, I don't want right. like, to go eat over there. Right. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's like not like demeaning or nope. rude. It's just like, hey, listen, this is how we roll and you can yep. choose to stay here or not. I think that's wonderful. Right. Yep. Um, sounds like the owner that you had originally was not like that. <laughs> yeah. No. So I'm curious, like this um, business model sounds so great and so fulfilling. Do you see your team expanding and opening another location? Tell me about that. Do you actually have plans in the works for that? Yes. So um, we actually have 3,800 square feet now where we are. Uh, we didn't stay very long in our first building, about a year and a half, two years max. Um So we have 3,800 square feet now. We have some room to grow. We have a training room and then upstairs we have a spa. um, And then downstairs we have two hair rooms. So we've got about two more chairs that we can expand into. Um, But yeah, like that's the future is opening multiple locations. And um, I myself developing my own education platform even further. And I'm just helping people grow without them even being in my company. Yeah. Do you currently work for Joyco still? Yes. Okay. What do you do for them? I'm a master artist for them. So I actually go into other salons or hair shows and teach techniques. What's your favorite technique to teach? Um, Blonding, definitely. So I launched my own technique called the Uptown Blonde Technique this year, and I've been teaching it a lot. Good for you. That's awesome. You know, I feel like independent entrepreneurs are really having a moment right now. So yeah get it. Um, Is your salon known as a blonding salon or is it kind of more generous? It is. Okay. Yeah. I've got, so me, myself, myself and Megan, who was actually my assistant that I hired about a year into it. Me and her are blonding specialists. And then I've got a dimensional brunette specialist as well. So, yeah. Do you do nails in there too or just hair? Nope. I took nails out a couple of years ago to build a training room. Oh, gotcha. So that's awesome. And so do you bring in other educators as well into your salon mm-hmm. space? You do? Yep. Yep. We do. If they like, we're getting ready to go to, to the BTC show in Nashville. I'm working it. So my team's going to that, but yeah, we brought in uh Brandon Corbett from Joyco earlier this year. Um, but we've, we've also brought in like other educators from other brands and stuff just to kind of, you know, expand their knowledge and just, see what they're about, you know? Yeah. So I want to go back to the, the stylist that you said you fired when you, so you like started over fresh. Um, because I know a lot of stylists don't understand maybe what it takes to succeed in the industry. It's very easy to get wrapped up in our own heads and our own problems. So, um, you know, just, you don't have to go into specifics necessarily or call anyone out, but like, what were some characteristics that made you go, Oh, I got to get rid of this person. Yeah. So the whole reason why I wanted to completely change my structure was because um, when I said, 
you know, you can't really control actions and behaviors with a commission structure. They either want to make a really great paycheck that week and serve their clients greatly, or they want to slack off. So it was a lot of, you know, slacking off or, oh, I want to make extra big paycheck this week. So I'm just going to tack on these services and not tell clients. And then we have the whole, well, I didn't know that was a fee, you know, at the front desk. So for me, it was just uh, tearing down the relationship building with clients and not being transparent and honest. And that is not who we are 100%. And I just, I wanted a little bit more control over the actions and the behaviors and not just, well, I'll make a good paycheck this week. I'm just going to tack this on or I don't feel like doing anything. Wow. I'm glad you brought that up because like that is, that's my heart song right now is helping hairstylists understand the importance of the relationships that they establish. The relationships are what are going to make you survive in hard, you know, economic times. Right. And it's, you can't just put a a wall between you and your client, right? You have to make your client feel invested in yes. you and your salon yes. when you're a salon owner. Yep. Um, so can you tell us what are some little specialty things that you do in your salon to help cultivate that trust and that relationship with your clients? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing that we do, um, if they're a new client or maybe they're a client that just hasn't been in, in, in quite a few months, the first thing off the bat is we give them a tour. They, we want them comfortable in our space. We want them to know where the bathroom is, the amenities bar. And then um, we do our own like signature drinks and cocktails and mm. signature snacks and stuff like that. But the other thing that we do, no matter what type of service that you're getting, is we have a face-to-face conversation with you. It's not through the mirror. I'm not looking through the mirror, trying to make eye contact with you. I'm sitting in front of you and I'm actually connecting with you. How's your day going? you know, what are some things that you're struggling with? What are some things that you're loving right now? How can I help you today? Um, You know, and then just reconnecting. We have a, uh, what we call levels of relationship chart. And so we're constantly measuring that level of relationship with every single client. We go through our entire client list and it's like, how can we go into their world, ask lots of questions, reinvest into them, especially like clients that have been with you for years and years and years reinvesting in them because they've reinvested in us so many years is key and it's super important. So having like VIP nights where it's just for those clients that have been there for so long that we're ready to reinvest. Like I'll bring in a masseuse and do free chair massages, um, free mini like facial treatments or a free blowout. Um, you know, little things like that mean a lot to them. And then we also do gifts at the end of every year and a handwritten letter that just says, Hey, like, thanks for being a part of our integral culture and a part of our business. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be where we're at. Um, you know, and then just daily, just, just having those conversations, being that safe space and asking them, what do you want your service to look like today? What is your goal for today? Um, we have a room reserved for people that like Maybe they're having a hard day and they just want a quiet appointment, you know, and we can do that for them. Um, We keep like cold and hot neck wraps for them while they're processing. We do a scalp massage with like pressure points and a hot towel. And, but I mean, really, and honestly, it's just having that human to human connection and getting into their world and being interested in them instead of us trying to be interesting to them. Mm. I love this. I love it, love it, love it. And I totally agree 100% 
Um, I strongly disagree with a lot of advice floating out there right now. I don't know if you've seen much of this, but there's a lot of put up boundaries, make policies, fire those clients if they're not serving you, which I agree with, but it's the tone they're delivered. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's this idea that like business is business, relationships are relationships, and the two do not commingle. And I'm like, "Er, hard pass. That is like exactly what our whole business is about, right? Right. Like, or then people focus on like, okay, you said you have signature cocktails and the ambiance, and that's great, but it means nothing if you're not connecting with your clients, right? If you're not making them feel like they're part of a community. Right. And that's the beautiful thing about us being team-based is my whole entire team makes an effort to get to know that client. If it's a new client in our our business, like we're going and introducing ourselves or having conversations, what can we get you? How can we make you feel comfortable? You know, and that's that's the beauty of it. But yeah, you're you're right. Like we're not responsible for how someone responds, but we're 100% responsible for how it's delivered. Do we have policies and boundaries? 100%. But are people human? Absolutely. And are things going to come up where we have to bend the policies? Totally because we want to, they're human, you know, it's not, oh, well, she no-showed, let's charge her because who, like, how, how dare you? It's going into their world. What is going on? We know this isn't like you. Are you okay? Like, that's my first response is, are they okay? Right. You know, it's like boundaries and policies are important. Yes. But we forget the human aspect of it. Right. And I think, there might be a bunch of us that are going to have to re-remember that when business starts slowing down as it might very well be doing right now. And I think it's those of us that have tapped into those relationships and made communities with our clients that are going to be like, hello, I've been saying this the whole time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we even create, like we have um, the Mighty Networks. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like a little app. So we have the mighty networks and then we also have a Facebook group and just trying to, you know, make sure our clients are in those groups and do different things in there, go live, ask questions, you know, just as another way for us to serve them and they can get to know us a little bit more too. Yeah, that's great. One of the things I love to coach stylists with is their uh, client's journey. Do you guys talk Mm -hmm. about that? I feel like you probably talk about that. Yeah. Where you like imagine like what does the whole journey look like of them with you? And then you can like focus on those little touch points along the way that seem meaningless, but they're not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we love client journeys. And um, I always try to encourage my girls too, like when they are sharing like hair photos or skin photos of like sharing their journey of like how you've helped them and the creation, like the relationship that you guys have created and built and, you know, really hone in on that because you're 100% right. Like people are really going to um, flock to those people that really care and want to build the relationship. Yes. Because anybody can go get a haircut anywhere, right? Exactly. There's plenty enough talent in this world for everybody, but it's those that really care and tap into that human experience too. Yeah. And I have to imagine like a lot of the people that are kind of um, aligned with this idea of like boundaries and policies and all this stuff are probably kind of burnt out and they don't have any like personal boundaries for themselves in terms of like emotions that they take on, you know, like you can be there for your client and make your client think they are the center of your world when in fact they're not right. But in that moment they feel like it. And that's the point. 
right? Like you can care about them, but you don't have to take all of their baggage home. It can stay with them. Yeah. Yep. That's one thing I really try to tell my girls is we're all empathetic and and we want to take all that on and solve all the world's problems, but we are just meant to serve as a safe space where they can talk and vent. That is not for us to take on at the end of our day. Right. And that's not even for us to solve with them. Like, it's just, we don't need to do that. We can just make their hair look pretty, stay in our zone of genius, you know, stick with what you know, they're going to feel better because they got it out and then they'll feel better because they look good. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 100%. Awesome. Um, Well, I'm curious, um, how do I say this? Uh, When it comes to serving clients in your space, people don't own clients, right? Like we always want to say like, oh, those are my clients. Not true. But usually there's like a specific client relationship. But in your salon, do you guys like share clients because you're all, okay, right. I'd imagine like if everyone's making a relationship with all the clients, then like a client could call in and just make an appointment with anyone. Mm -hmm. Does that happen a lot? Or do you still see that there's like the one-on-ones like that client just wants to see that stylist. Yeah. I would say we have probably less clients that are like, Hey, I just want to see this person. Then there are people calling in and just being with whoever, like our clients, like once they're used to that, they're like, Oh, I don't care who you put me with. You guys are all great. So we have a few that are like, Oh, I just want to stick with Megan or I really love Christina. Can I continue to see her? And we absolutely honor that. 100% honor that. There is no, there's no fault in that. If you love your stylist, that's great. We want you to continue to build that relationship. For us, it's more about putting their schedule needs before our needs, right? So we're open every day, uh, Tuesday through Friday, nine to six, and then Saturday, eight to one, and then we're closed one Saturday a month. So it's like, if they need in last minute and they don't care who they're with, great, we've got this spot. But if they like their stylist, then we're like, Hey, you probably want to go ahead and set up a few, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And then that way that gives the stylist a lot more flexibility of like, Hey, like I want to go on vacation. Okay, great. Got it. We'll cover so-and-so and, or, you know, whatever you need is it's taken care of. They don't have to worry about it. Right. Cause normally like if you're an independent contractor and you want to go out of town and you have to refer your clients out to someone else, there's a chance they might not come back. You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm almost hoping they don't have too good of an experience with that other stylist. Cause I want right. them to come back to see me, but I just need them taking care of this one time. Right. Yeah. And so you end up getting like a little bit possessive over mm-hmm. your relationships with people. Um, it's really unheard of to find salons that function like this, which is why I find it so fascinating it's almost like how other service providers work, right? Like Mm -hmm. I have a favorite plumbing company and when I want something done, they are my go-to plumbers. Now, I don't care if it's Bob or Tom that comes to my house. I know I'm going to be taken care of either way because they have like values for their customer service that I appreciate. And that just like has not been explored a whole lot in this industry yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, we love it. I mean, our clients seem to really love it and you know, we're very open and honest if like a new client calls in and we're like, that's one of the first things we say is we're a team-based salon. All of our stylists are trained under under me. So our key is consistency, no matter who chair, whose chair you're sitting in. Mm-hmm. 
So say there's a stylist who's like, this sounds amazing. I want to open a team-based salon. Um, Can you share like what were some of your hurdles or stumbling blocks or something they might encounter that you could help them get past to actually make it happen? Um, there's, you know, there really wasn't like a ton of hurdles. I think like the most thing for me was like understanding financials and bookkeeping. So like the actual, like backside of it, like the number side of it. (laughs) Yeah. See, I don't mind it. Like I do all of our own bookkeeping. I have a CPA that, you know, we check in once a quarter, quarter, she does all of our taxes and, and stuff like that. And she's phenomenal. Um, but you know, her, and then I have a financial advisor and they've really helped me understand the numbers behind it and building that cash flow and working those benefits in. So, I mean, that right there, you've got to understand the business side of it. Which is probably why I never opened my own salon. I was like, I don't want to do that stuff. I mean, you have yeah. to do it a little bit as an independent contractor. Oh, yeah. It's like beans compared to what it takes to manage people yeah. and a place. I wasn't really prepared for that. You know, um, I think we're really good at like getting the skill part down. And then we're like, okay, time to open salon. But we don't really understand like underneath that, you've got to have a solid business foundation. And then the other side of it, especially when you're going into any type of salon ownership, whether it's booth rental commission, team-based salary, hourly, whatever it is, is you have to understand that there's a lot of leadership in it. And a lot of people forget that. You know, if you're not going to be the leader and you're going to be the silent partner, then you've got to have strong leadership somewhere in that company. For sure. Yeah. Because you are growing people. And that is my number one job. And that like, I will tell somebody that quicker than anything is like, my number one job is to take care of my team and grow my team. Yeah. That's my responsibility now. To me, that sounds like the fun part. Yeah. I, I mean, I leadership is hard. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Leadership is hard, um, especially having like those tough conversations and stuff like that. But it's also the most rewarding side of it. For sure. And you get to have fun with them. Like I, yeah. if you, if you follow the salon page or even my page or my TikTok, like we're constantly having fun. I'm not some stick in the mud salon <laughs> owner, but I'm also not afraid to dig in with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very much the type of person that will pick up on energy and it's like, Hey, are you having a bad day? How can I help you? Right. You know, let's process this. Yeah. Which I think a lot of us creatives have that anyway, you know, like Mm -hmm. I would say I definitely have that and coach to that with stylists, with their clients, right? Like, yeah. yeah, Oh, I can have fun and I can banter and have a great time. But if like something's wrong or I'm picking up on some vibes, like I can spin it in a minute and be like, what are we talking about here? And I can talk about real stuff, right? I can be vulnerable and take criticism and feedback. And I think I'm guessing it's probably the same as a leader too. Totally. Yeah. Being able to pivot is huge. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So do you see yourself having like an, um, look, you talked about expanding. Great. Love it. Um, you've got leaders on your team. Do you have an exit plan for yourself? Like, do you imagine being a silent partner at some point? Eventually. Yeah. Eventually down the road. Um, I think right now my vision is just when I close my eyes, just empowering all the like I just imagine like all of our different locations coming together and me just like sharing how well we've done at the end of the year and just empowering them to be 
who they're called to be authentically and just have, you know, fun doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's great. It's one of the few business models that you could probably step back from in this industry Mm -hmm. and still make income on, right? Because even like if you own a a booth rental salon and there's no one leading it, like it's going to kind of fall apart after a while, even if you step away. So uh, I love that for you. That's great. Well, Rachel, this has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you coming on here and like sharing your story with us and giving us a little more insight into a team led salon. Um, I love this too, because I feel like salons have kind of been dying over the last decade since salon suites got really popular, right? Like the the salon. And like, when I say that, like the big esoteric salon has kind of not been a thing. And so I love seeing this and seeing it done well. And like, you know, your employees love it. They've got paychecks. Everyone's happy. I feel like this is almost like a rebirth for salons, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of people that went independent that I think are struggling. And so, you know, if they have homes to go to like this, the industry can survive. And so thank you for being here, for being you and doing what you're doing. I very much appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, And that's what I was going to add is just, I think there's a need for strong leadership in our industry. I think there's people that don't necessarily want to be independent, but they've been forced to be independent and know that, you know, I know salon owners have gotten a really bad rep and, you know, it's just my intention and my purpose to set an industry difference of you can be somewhere that's going to lift you up and help you fulfill your purpose and your why and all while making great money and great benefits. Get it, girl. Love it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Rachel. I will uh, be in touch on Instagram, I'm sure. Um, If my listeners want to get a hold of you and ask any more questions, is Instagram the best place or do you have an email that you want to offer up? Yeah. Instagram is honestly probably the best place. Um, I love Instagram. So that is usually where I'm hanging out and I am more than happy to answer any type of questions. I've always said I'm an open book and I will share anything that you would like. And what is your Instagram handle? So my Instagram handle is beach spelled with two E's underscore blonde underscore ambition. So it's beach blonde ambition. Beautiful. I will have that in the show notes as well for access. Thank you so much. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, my friend, that wraps up this week's podcast episode. Um, You know, one thing that really comes to mind with all of this conversation is how important the client experience is in Rachel's salon and how, you know, um, working on keeping those customers feeling valued. And as I always like to say, seen, valued, and heard, um, it just really keeps people wanting to come back for more. It creates a happy, healthy environment for clients and the stylist as well. So I just loved this interview with Rachel. Um, I found it really enlightening and fascinating, and I hope you got some good little nuggets to take away for yourself and your business in this conversation as well, my friend. And so as I always like to say, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast episode on the Your Hair Mentor podcast. And as your host, I hope you have a wonderful hair day, and I'll see you next time, my friend. Okay, bye. Hey friend, Crystal here, and I've got something special for you that's too good to miss. Introducing the wildly popular Confident Conversations Bootcamp, where we unlock the three secret stylist skills that attract clients who pay. 
In just three classes, we'll transform how you communicate, connect, and turn every conversation in the salon into a formula for high-paying clients. It's not magic, it's mastery of words, presence, and the kind of confidence that turns heads. So why sign up? Because mastering these skills means more than just full books. It's about crafting a career that's as rewarding financially as it is creatively. We're talking quality clients who value your expertise and are happy to pay you for it. And the best part, it's completely free. You heard right. It's my gift to you, friend. So if you're ready to elevate your behind the chair game and attract the clientele you've always dreamed of, this boot camp is your first step. Spaces are limited, and trust me, friend, you don't want to miss out on this transformation. So head on over to www.yourhairmentor.com to secure your spot today. Let's make sure that your talent is undeniable and your chair the hottest ticket in town. Cheers to clients who pay and a career that slays. I cannot wait to see you at the Confident Conversations Bootcamp, my friend.